will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 416 of Fergo on the Free. I'm the folk from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find on League Freak, uh, or at League Freak on Twitter. That's That was smooth. Fuck it, let's go with it. Yeah. Um, oh, look, I've got to I've got to say, the mm-hmm. reason why I stuffed that up, mm-hmm. I've, I've been thrown. Why? My head my head's a mess. Why? Um... Possibly one of the most um, insane sentences that someone has ever uttered um, really? made its way to my eyeballs. And my okay, tell, tell us who said it and what they said. The sentence is, Lachlan Coote believes... I've, I've got to take my time. <laughs> Lachlan Coote believes St. Helens would not only be competitive if they played in the NRL... Wait, there's more. <laughs> that would be a top four team. Top four team. <laughs> it's just... You, you oh. know, sometimes it's weird. There's... there's oh, you're gorgeous. So many tweet, uh, not So many things that are said about Super League that you wonder who they are saying it for. Like, are they saying it for the fans or are they saying it for themselves? And this is one of those things where, like, Lachlan Coote knows better than that. You know, he knows better than that. He's been in the NRL. It was a while ago now, but he knows how difficult the NRL is. And he knows that that's wrong. So who's he saying it for? I I don't know. That's, That's nuts. Yeah. That is so nuts. Because they would not, they would be like dead last. Like that, they would just be dead last. They're not better than the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, let me, let me put it in a way, which, I mean, it's not the best way to explain the gulf mm-hmm. between the NRL and Super League. Mm. But it gives you a bit of an example. Mm-hmm. Great Britain, the best players they could get, not just from England, from the whole British Isles. Great Britain lost to a representative team that plays in the lower grades of the Queensland lower grades competition, which is probably what the essentially the second grade division to the NRL. Yeah, yeah, that's Papua well, New Guinea. One of the and that two. was that wasn't and that was Papua New Guinea's obviously national side, mm. the PNG Hunters. I think it is, or it might be. Yeah, I think it's the Hunters. Their club team. But most of those players and most of the PNG national team are amongst that Hunter side and the NRL. But uh, the bulk of those players are coming from that team in the Queensland Cup. And they lost the best that Britain had to offer. Lost to that team. That's where they were stating at. And just to further emphasise how poor they are, was it two years ago or last year? They played against a combined nations team that was made up of players that they chose from Super League and Championship. Mm. So they were not even of the same 
top tier division in England, and they lost to that team. Yeah. If they can't beat teams made up of players that come from the grade below their elite level, how on earth do they think that they can compete as a club side with an NRL team? The Super League teams, they are. I'm sorry to say it, English fans, that you're at the level of New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup teams. And I'm just saying competitive with. Yeah, not not running away with competition. Like I, I look at St Helens and I see a team that in the New South Wales Cup would probably be mid-table, I would suggest. Um, <laughs> the fact that Lachlan Coote is playing for the team says a lot. Like Lachlan Coote's NRL career, if he was in Australia, he wouldn't have one. He's their star player. Yeah. Um, They don't have halves. Like, I know they've got players that they play in the halves, but we we look at those teams and we say, yeah, this is teams without halves. Um, It's just... And that's why I come back to who are they trying to convince? And this is something that's gone on for a very long time and look you even saw it in the that game where they played the England team, part of the England team versus the combined nations all stars um you know trying to convince somebody that what you're watching is better than what it is i know you can't just shit on the product 24/7 but you got to be realistic about it you know and it's just these attitudes aren't realistic, and it does doesn't do anyone any good. Doesn't do them any good with their game. No, and there's a huge gulf um, within the Super League itself. But even looking at the ladder at the moment, St Helens have had one win more than Wigan, so they're the top two teams. Mm-hmm. St Helens have. They've been pretty good defensively this year. They've only conceded 11 points per game. That's 190 points in 17 games. Wigan, who are second, have conceded 133 points more. Yeah. It, it's uh... that's And they've only had one loss more. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that... It's, it's not because St. Helens are such an elite um, defensive unit. What it comes down to is so many teams over there in England are so ill-disciplined with the ball in hand. And you want evidence of that. Look at every time Oliver Gildart had the ball in his hand playing for the Tigers this year. Their, their discipline with the ball in the hand is so poor compared to that in the NRL mm-hmm. that, you know, when it comes to broken field play, which doesn't happen often in the NRL, the English teams would be competitive because – that's what they play all the time. Yeah. But structured play, they don't they don't do it. And I'm yeah. talking simple structures. Three hit ups, throw it wide for two, and then kick to a corner. Basic parameter eel shit. They struggle with that. It's too complicated for them. It's too hard for them to stick to. They want they just want to throw the ball around all the time. And that's why you see teams like Castleford who are sitting fifth on the ladder. And they've had nine wins, eight losses, and they've conceded eight points more than they've scored. Mm. They're one of the top five teams. Hull, just below them, have scored, have conceded 25 points more than they've scored. And then you go to Salford, sitting at seventh. They've conceded 419 points in 17 games. There's still fucking five teams below them. Yeah. 
it shows you how bad, how atrocious their attack is. And of course, if you've got a defense which is doing the very minimum correct, you will, which is what the St. Helens defensive unit does, you're able to keep your opposition down to a pretty low score because most of them will panic, throw the ball away, and turn it over. So you don't have to sit there and defend, you know, the full sets of six all game because your opponent's going to throw it away at some stage early in the set and you're going to get it back. And so you're not doing as much hard labor in, in defense. And that's what St. Helens have been working with successfully um, for quite a while there. But you can't, you can't just think that because you're really good against teams that are considerably worse than you, that then you're automatically going to be better than a majority of teams in a competition that is <laughs> immensely better than yours. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at the the top five in the NRL is the Penrith Panthers, Melbourne Storm, North Queensland Cowboys, Cronulla Sharks, and Brisbane Broncos, right? Now, they what they have achieved this year, they have done against the best clubs in the world and the best players in the world. And so to try and draw this line through those clubs and say, well, St. Helens, like... Who the fuck has St. Helens beaten? Like, who's the best player St. Helens plays against over the course of a Super League season? Wigan. No, but I'm talking player. I'm talking who is the best player. (laughs) Is it like... Could be David Fafita. (laughs) Chris Millington. Um... Yeah, it's... Does, it's, does Adam Cuthbertson still play over there? It might be him. Oh, I reckon he probably does. Is he it's, still at Leeds? <laughs> it, it's, Let's just have a look at all the old people. Thomas Lulua is still there at Wigan? Yeah, and he's like 137. Like, he's starting to get up towards... Um, James Roby, Louis McCarthy-Scarsbrook, Harrison Hanson, Chris McQueen, he's now 35. Matt Price, 35, he's over there. Leroy Kudjo, apparently he's decided to go on for another year. Ryan Hall, 34. Luke Gale. Sean Kenny Dow. Um, surely these names are impressing you. Do I need to go on? Dominic it, Peru. Bodine Thompson. Wow, Bodine Thompson's over there, huh? Yeah. Mitch Garbutt. Kane Linnett. Kane Linnett's still playing. Oh, yeah, he's still there. I mean, he's a second rower now. Wow. Um, Stefan Ratchford. Josh Reynolds? Yeah, Josh Sam Reynolds Tompkins. is... Uh, it's over for him over there now. Gareth Widdop. Sca- How Widdup many games played. has Gareth Widdop played this year in Super League? Have you got that there? 13 of 17. He's not doing too bad. That's pretty good for Gareth Widdop. It is, yeah. He's played more games than Lachlan Coop. How many has Lachlan Coop played? 11. There you go. Uh, Kenny Edwards. Ricky Lotelli. Paul McShane. Come on, mate. The great McShane. Um, Elijah Taylor. If you took... Dean, Dean Farrow. If you took the best 17 plays you possibly could out of Super League, right? Yeah. They still come last in the NRL. Like cool. if you took the best of the best. I, I wouldn't put them last, but I'm putting them in the bottom four. I'd, I'd have them dead last. Because at the moment, the two teams that are at the very bottom of the ladder, the Tigers and the Titans, 
are atrocious right now. But keep in mind, right, one of those two teams has a Super League Player of the Year in their side, right? You just look at the Titans and the talent that the Titans have in their team, right? None of the Super League teams have as much talent as the Titans. Like, not even close. No, but I would argue that St. Helens have probably got at least as much talent as the West Tigers do. I don't, I don't think so. I think the West Tigers have immensely more talent. Like, if you, you put... Say, your, you didn't watch them on the weekend, did you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> but say, me, that game was horrible. Okay, let's put it this way. Uh, let's put it a different way. If Luke Brooks was English, have they had a halfback in it that is English in the last 20 years that's as good as Luke Brooks? I don't think they have. Probably not. Yeah. And Luke but Brooks... As I mentioned in the last episode, I think part of the issue with Luke Brooks is not Luke Brooks. I know. But, but you're a West Tigers fan, Andrew. It's a fucking Luke Brooks. <laughs> I I made a pretty strong argument. I know your argument was good. No, I agreed with a lot of your argument. But yeah, uh, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, that was an amusing thing that I saw. Yeah, it's look. Whoever that it's like the it's like the world rankings thing. Who who is it for? I don't England. know who it's for. To England. It really is, but even like English fans know it's bullshit, unless they're just trying to kid themselves. Nah, they know it's bullshit. They're hopeless romantics. They love the idea that they might be really good at something when they know they're not. There, there is that element amongst yeah. English fans. I'll give you that. I've pointed that out before to English fans. Well, I think it's nice. There's a bit of romanticism in rugby league. Good on England for doing that. Yeah. Stay yeah, romantic about rugby league. Just don't bring your food into it. Yeah. Yeah, they, they dream the as high as their food. Hey? <laughs> Sorry, they dream as high as their food. <laughs> oh, <ooh. laughs> I think dreams doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Yeah, when they dream, it's like everything's just gravy. <laughs> yeah, pies and dysentery, lovely. <laughs> now. We had uh, a listener of ours contact me during the week. Uh-huh. And, and, uh What's their name? Hey? What's his, what's their name? His name is Johnny. Johnny. Uh, Johnny was telling us that he loves listening to the podcast. And I said, is there anything at all you want us to, to talk about? And it, I said, anything, whatever you want. He said, I've got so many things I want to talk about. But how about the Gold Coast Titans and how they're so terrible and stuff like that? And we love talking about terrible teams, hence we talked about St. Helens. Um, Tigers. Yeah, and the West Tigers. We talk about them a lot. Um, now, with Gold Coast Titans, they've got talent. They've got a lot of talent in that team. I know they've still got bits and pieces that they need to get rid of, but when you look at some of the players that have played just state of origin that are in that side, they should not be in last place. Now, we've gone through Justin Holbrook and, and how former St. Helens coaches have an abysmal record. We did that a couple of episodes ago. It wasn't that long ago. Mm. Um, there was talk... Is, ju- Sorry, go I, on. I was going to say, with, with Holbrook, the one thing he did do is he did 
he did fix up the roster a fair chunk there pretty much straight away since he got in. Because that roster before he got there was shit. Yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. Um, and he built a really good roster last year. This year, he's done nothing to improve it after losing uh, Jamal Fogarty. Very, very good halfback. He's not the, not the sort of halfback you're going to get a lot of highlights out of. He's sort of in that... Um, I'm not putting him on the same level. I'm talking about style-wise. Cooper Cronk style, where it's more about... He's the glue that keeps the team together. Everything runs through him. Um, so he's not the sort of... Benji Marshall highlights real type of halfback. He's the bloke who's just going to direct traffic and run plays and stuff like that and set up the odd try here or there. Um, you, the typical general that you have yeah. as a halfback. He's an organiser. He's an organiser. Yeah, and they miss that a lot because they don't have any organisation at all at the moment and they're making no effort to try and find it. Well, like, I don't mind Sexton as a younger halfback. And I think that they, I can see that they've said, look, if we we need to build something here, we've got this young halfback and we see something in him and let's give him the reins. Um, I don't mind that. But I think that when you, my, my feeling is that when you look at the effort that they're putting in, the players, and look, there's just some coaches, they, they lose the team and it seems like he's lost his team. And look, there's two types of losing a team. There's your team is just dysfunctional and they have stopped listening to you and it's more about you've got the wrong players at the club. And then there's another one where it's like whatever you're telling them, it it just is, yeah, they're, not, they're not buying it, yeah. you know. And I think that this that's what's happening with this team is that they're not buying it. The thing that people sometimes forget about rugby league players is that they're professional rugby league players. Like, they know their shit. They know what they should be happening in the environment around them. They know what they should be hearing. And it's, you know, when you get to that elite level, it's going to be hard to bullshit them if you're a bad coach. And I have a feeling that, this team is sort of turned off on the coach because he's just not up to the task. Um, because, the, uh, like, if they didn't have the talent, like, I, I look at the West Tigers, they just don't have the talent. But, it, it, you know, you look at this Titans team, there's origin players all over the place. They should yeah, the be going forward, far better. It's a top eight forward pack, comfortably. 100%. 100%. So, um, yeah, they, I, they they don't have a um a strong play <coughs> sorry playmaking and organising uh, hooker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Their halfback is a rookie. Um, Brimson is in his first proper season as a five eighth, and even with that in mind, his last two games have been at fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will Smith, who's basically been a bench utility his whole life, is who was brought into the club to help help out in the halves. And he's played three games of 5-8 this year. Yeah, I didn't understand the, the signing of Will Smith. I felt like... It's a mess. Yeah, I felt like Will Smith was the sort of player that... Um, that like when he was at Penrith, you understood it because it was just depth on depth on depth. 
you know, yeah. and if eventually he comes into the side, it's like, wow, you've got Will Smith to come in at this point. That's not too bad. He 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 isn't the sort of player you go out and get in that situation. And I think you sort of you saw that a little bit of Parramatta too. It, it was like when they needed to call on Will Smith, it was a little bit too early to be calling on Will Smith. You know, you you kind of need somebody better than that to bring into to first grade. Um, He's not yeah, your still, immediate I mean, backup. Paramount have kind of played him out of position a fair bit too, because I think he spent a bit more time in, at centre than in the, the halves, which is where he's more comfortable. Yeah, it's very strange. The Tigers picking uh, him up kind of reminded me of when the Tigers signed John Morris. Well, like, it, rem- it reminded me a little bit, and it's maybe it's a bit of a different situation, but it reminded me of when they signed um, Peachy, Tyrone Peachy. And it was kind of a, a case of like you you understand that they've seen a player that they see some value in, but they want him to be something that he isn't. Like Tyrone Peachy hasn't been like anywhere near as effective as he was at the Panthers, where he was coming off the bench as a kind of just throw a football player out there. And Which every other is team exactly the got, best way to use him. Yeah, and every other team has got him and said, well, let's get him and have have him as a starter. We'll play him at lock. Oh, we'll play him, you know, maybe as the 5'8". And it's just, no, no, that's not what you do. If you've got the capacity to have him on your bench and say, go out there and play footy, that's his best position. And the Panthers had that, even going back to when they had him. You know, they had a team that was very good in terms of um, – their ability to play the full 80 minutes and they had a very deep forward pack and they'd put pressure on other teams and so you could throw them out there. There's only a few teams you could really do that with. Um, And unfortunately, the teams he's gone to since he's been at Penrith, it's been the worst situation for him, you know, so... Well, as far as on-field results go, they paid him lovely money. Lovely, lovely sums of money. The thing I like too is... um, when the Tigers decided to get rid of um, Maguire as coach, they then told told Peachy a week later, oh, you're free to look at whatever club you want. After that, it's only a three-year deal at the start of the year for $2.2 million. Yeah. <laughs> oh, new era. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on. But yeah, the, the Titans um, get onto their, their woes. They don't have... When you watch them play, that doesn't look like they've got a game plan in attack. So they're yeah. going through the motions in attack. Um, and a lot of it does come down to a very inexperienced spine, That which that hurts them. They went from having Mitch Rain and Jamal Fogarty in the halves, very reliable creators um, and blokes who could direct a team around. And so they had the forwards and the backs working as they needed to. And neither of them are there this year. And those two losses have hit them harder than anything else. Yeah, and and I think that when you look at the games they've played where they will come out and they'll have a, a first 20 minutes where it's like, oh, this game's over. And then they lose that game. Yeah. Like they can literally put 20 points on the board in 20 minutes to start a match and then lose. And it, that's normally a symptom of something deeper at a club. Um and, and look, I think if they get the right coach, I think Maguire would be great there. Funnily enough, he I would. If you put him in, um, he'd add a bit of backbone to that club, and it'd be great for them. 
there was talk in the media that Maguire was about to be sacked this week. Obviously, the media's never wrong, Andrew. It was uh, the Gold Coast Titans, once again, have been one of these clubs that have changed all of their plans just to make the media look bad. But the media never looks bad, just ask them. So, But I think that they'll probably take him through to the end of the year. Um, it makes no sense to sack a coach now. I think they'll take him to the end of the year and then let him go. Um, but hopefully they don't make the mistake of ever signing a coach from St. Helens ever again because we just know how that ends up. Did they sign Holbrook for three years or four? Because he's in his third year now. It might be three years. I'd be shocked if it was four years. <laughs> like, you don't get – how many coaches in the NRL would you sign for four years? Two. I think – That would be Bellamy and, and uh, Robinson. Robinson? Only because they've, they've shown that they – they set up everything from the ground up. Um, Cleary probably as well. He, sh- he showed not just at Penrith at the moment. It's easy to look at Penrith at the moment and go, yeah, Cleary's great. But um, I think the better measure of Ivan Cleary was his time at the Warriors. 100%. Isn't that the biggest mistake that a club has made in the last 20 years? Oh, absolutely. Like, even at the he, time, it was crazy. Because when he got there, they were... I mean, they they were in a good spot with the team on the field, but they were still trying to figure out how they were going to channel all of the massive junior base mm-hmm. and try and get the the best of those into the into the NRL side. And Cleary was starting to make some headway there, and, and he was happy there, and he would have yeah. stayed there, and he just wanted a long term deal, and they didn't want to give him a long term deal, and so and Penrith look what they've said, done since. Yeah, that they've been abysmal sense like what a it was a terrible decision at the time and it even looking back now it's like they threw away they've thrown away a decade and comfortably just it just come down two years it was the number of years nathan cleary would be a a new zealand worried right now yeah (laughs) just terrible think of that terrible terrible it's it's ridiculous. Mm, mm. Yeah, I can't believe they did that. I wonder yeah. if Nathan Cleary would have actually been a... Uh, he'd have probably been eligible to play for New Zealand as well. If he, if he lived there long enough, absolutely. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> what could have been? Yeah, yeah. It, it just... I remember at the time, I, I probably wrote it on my website, that it was just, uh, it made no sense at all. Like, who did they think was coming down the line? And Penrith just said, look, if you won't give him the years, we'll give him the years. And then the Warriors on top of that said, well, if they'll give you the years, you go and get the years over there. You can leave. Unbelievable. Oh, it was nuts. But that's the thing, though. I think some teams, like... The Tigers in the past, probably less so now. Um, Penrith during the Matthew Elliott years mm-hmm. um, and the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And then you probably look at even the Broncos when they went through their struggles recently. Mm-hmm. These teams will automatically look at the depth that they've got and the amount of junior teams and a lot of, you know, the size of the junior base they have and how many players they had potentially coming into them and they could just pick and choose which ones they wanted. 
not without actually looking at the actual players they're just going yeah we've got like this huge nursery so it doesn't matter who we've got as coach luck says that at least half, you know, at least six or seven of those are going to come through and going to be world class and they're just going to land in our lap so we don't need to worry about coaches that much and completely frittered away every opportunity and landed none of those talented players because they all wanted to go to a team with structure and yeah. a good coach and that wasn't the team that they were in the system for. And so they just said yes to whatever deal came along from, from a team that was successful, as they all do. Yeah, and, and the, you idiots. Like, I look at the Elliott period and keeping in mind, it wasn't too long after the 2003 grand final where you had all of these juniors come through like immediately at the same time out of nowhere. And they really lived off that for a long time. And then all of a sudden you're in the Elliott period and it's like, oh, we've blooded like two local juniors in the last year. What's going on? You know? And it just, you've got to have, you've got to have the right coach. And it just amazes me how many times these teams that try and be really smart about their coaching situation. And they're like, you know what? This guy's the next big thing. We're going to get him and he's going to build something. And it, it's just like sometimes when you're in a good situation, just stick with it. Yeah, that's right. And the Warriors were just starting to build something and threw it away. Yeah. Completely threw yeah. it away. Yeah. That's why, like, I look at Griffin now at St. George and they're not setting the world on fire, but he's managed to get that club into eighth place somehow. I don't even know how. And all he's done is really got them to play semi-consistent football, which is pretty good for the Dragons when you look at how they've played in recent years. And he's doing it with... I was going to say, he's using a pretty simple structure, and sometimes the simple structure works best, but that's that's yeah. what he's got working for him. And this is probably the least talented... Um, Dragons team that they've had in maybe six years or something like it's not like he's doing it with some of the team if he had some of the teams McGregor had they'd probably be a top four side um, it, it's funny how some coaches just can get the job done and when you get one of them coaches just keep them until yeah. something catastrophic happens just keep them on board just keep or them some, happy or someone genuinely better turns up yeah, but they've got to be. They've got. It's got to be like Bellamy. Yeah, you know that. That's really the only dude. You know, Bennett's these days is going to be like a a rental. You know, I, I would only really it'd have to be a Craig Bellamy that turns up and says, "Look, I want to settle down at your club for the next ten years and then retire." That's the only way I'd do it. Oh yeah. Speaking of Bennett. There was a bit of talk, or was it last week, about how the Redcliffe Dolphins were probably going to end up running last because of who he signed. Yeah, yeah, talked a little and bit. I, I know. And I laughed because I thought, have you, I mean, have is the wrong word. Clearly, you haven't been watching much of the football this year because there's at least three or four teams at the bottom of the ladder who Redcliffe will beat. I don't care who they sign. <laughs> They've just got Bennett as coach. He uses a very simple structure that's very effective at breaking down opposition defences. Always has done. He's done it his whole life. Um, I just love the... Any cattle you want, he'll make it happen. I just love the way that the media was like, and it was Channel 9 media, which was disgusting. Um, 
how they were like, oh, the Redcliffe Dolphins, they're a terrible for, and it's like they haven't even played the ga- a game. Yeah, and he's only got what nineteen or twenty of a thirty-man squad. He's still got a fair chunk of money to spend, mm-hmm. and a fair few players left to buy. But they've decided that that's shit already. He's yeah. gone off. They've gone off half cocked already. Surprise, it's unbelievable. Surprise. It's unbelievable. The media has been so trash. Like you just wonder how bad it's going to get. It just keeps getting worse. Um, yeah, I was going to say. I think it peaked in the Tigers Warriors game. Now I know you didn't watch it. No, no, that, I didn't. I missed. I got it's fucking disclaimer. I missed most of the footy last weekend. I saw the Panthers game, but after that, I didn't see any football. I assume when you saw the kickoff time for the Tigers Warriors game, you got in your car. And you created a traffic jam on the M6, whatever it is, and then M6. just stayed there. And went, oh, what a shame! I've missed it. Pretty much. Um, much. That game was atrocious. Sean mm. Johnson was basically shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the media though were going off about him because he helped set up a few tries, but the amount of times he went to the line and went one step too far and threw a pass that hit a defender's arm and got knocked back. Mm-hmm. Or put in a grubber that just bounced off a Tigers player's legs. Um, passes that didn't go to the, the player. There was one he threw going right to left, which should be his strong side. And the pass dipped down and landed at the feet of his winger and went into touch. And I went, how how did you fuck that up that badly? Mm-hmm. He did this all game. He was atrocious. Wow. There That's was interesting. No, no structure whatsoever about either team's attack. The only thing that won it was the fact that the Warriors players ran straighter and ran harder. The Tigers were just sideways all game. Um, they never looked like they were going to score a point. They got a courtesy field goal from the ref just before half time. Oh, sorry, penalty goal. That was it. That's crazy because, yeah, the media were like, Sean, he's back. Sean Johnson's back. He just needed no. to be home. He just he just isn't back. Wow. Uh, the funny thing about that game is the amount of praise that Shane Flanagan gave both teams, and I went, obviously, he's telling the these clubs, prospective new employers, what they want to hear. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if he genuinely felt that that game was great, mm-hmm. then he's just proven that he should not be an NRL coach because his view of how the, how a good game of football looks is fucking atrocious because that game was dog shit. You, you know, one of the things I find a little bit heartening is the fact that he has had news limited types pushing his barrow so hard for a couple of years now, and he hasn't really got close to any of these jobs. I think clubs are, uh, I, I hope, I hope that clubs really are in that, that thing of like, no, we're not going near this guy. Don't care what the fuck the media is saying. We're not going near this guy. It seems to be the case so far because he hasn't so. come close. It's not like anybody said, oh, it's, you know, he's, he's very close. He just hasn't been. Yeah. I I hope that's the case. I really mm. do um, because I don't want him coaching any team in the NRL. I don't even want him, want him coaching a team in Super League, in no. Championship, in League One. I don't want him coaching any professional or semi-professional football team. I also don't want him coaching any amateur team, any, especially not any team that's got uh, people under the age of 18 in there that might be a bit impressionable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even want him coaching rugby union teams or AFL teams. Mm. 
no, I don't want to see him coaching anyone anywhere ever. No, no, I agree. Right, well, now that we've got that out of the way, <laughs> I mean, do you think we were clear enough? I think so. I think so. You know, one of the interesting things about not watching the majority of the games last round is that I got to see the reactions of people and it wasn't clouded by what I'd seen myself. So all I'm seeing is reactions. And it was kind of shocking that it was just all referees, like all of it. it, it there was not, no reactions that weren't about anything other than referees. And then the, the media was pushing it. I noticed that as well. And it was like this circle of just the media says that the referees are bad, that then the fans say that they're bad. So the media says they're really, really bad. And then the fans agree with they're bad. And then it gets to a point like a couple of days ago where I, I saw a Fox Sports started putting out these quotes. They're doing this thing where they – it's and it's the latest social media thing where you put a picture of the sport – and then you do a quote in bold. And so it had come up every so often, and I'd read, and it would be like this quote, and I'm like, ooh, who, what this player say? And you read it, and then underneath it, it says, like, quote by James Hooper. It's like, that's not what the – who the fuck cares what James Hooper's got to say? You know? Who gives a fuck what a journalist has to say ever? The job of a journalist is to get the fucking quotes – from people within the game, and that's what I want to hear. I don't fucking care what a journalist says. I've never cared what a journalist has to say. Your opinion isn't important. Your job is to go and get the fucking news. It's not to try and make the fucking news, you assholes. And Fox Sports needs to work that out because no one wants to watch a bunch of journalists saying shit. They want to hear from people within the fucking game. Like, have you... What's something profound a fucking journalist has ever said? Get fucked. <laughs> Put them all in a fucking shredder. Yeah. It's amazing how many of them have started to morph into each other. They're all the uh -huh. same thing. It's Remember the the greatest of even in the in the 90s when we had the Super League war. Mm -hmm. And some of these some of the dinosaurs here were around then, but they all had different opinions. Sure, you may not have agreed with all of them, but they were all—they weren't all singing the same bloody song. Now you read them all, and you, you don't know who's written what because they all write the same shit. They're in a bubble. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and the thing that the Super League war brought out is that they're all paid for. You know, all of these people that said, "Oh, I'm," you know, as soon as their paymasters had a, a fucking line that they wanted everyone to march down. They all marched it, you know, and all this shit about being independent and it, it fucking goes out the window. They just go out by what their paymaster wants them to say. And so you've got all of these dickheads now that are in the bubble, just bouncing bullshit off one another all day. That's some, cause I mentioned it. I was like, why do people watch NRL 360? Why would you do that to yourself? And people were saying, like, they did it because they thought it was funny. And, and some of them said, oh, look, I stopped watching it and stuff like that. But then somebody on my list said, like, it, it, you would get better conversation by sitting down around, like, five 
drunk fucking idiots at a pub somewhere talking about football. Like, that's the level of talk you're getting. And quality, because a lot of it is drunken gibberish where they're yelling at one another. It's the, the same people, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. Oh, it's... It's atrocious. And there's one night there, I don't remember which one it is, I just remember flicking through the channels, and I thought, wow, between them they might have an IQ of about 50. And it was Anasta, Icon, Crawley, and Hooper. I I went, the only one on there with any credibility when it comes to talking about rugby league is Braith Anasta. Let that sink in. Look, I don't watch... I don't even think of putting it on Fox Sports when there's not a football game on because the level of of what you get out of it, it, it's just the journalists. I don't care what the journalists think. I tell you what, if you want to fix up your Twitter timeline, here's what you do. You block the Sydney Morning Herald, you block News Limited, you block Channel 9, and you block any journalist that comes into your timeline. And like all of them. There's no exceptions. And if you do that, your timeline turns into mostly football talk. And all of these agendas and bullshit, it disappears. Mm. Yeah. It's atrocious. Because, um, I mean, you go onto the Fox Sports website to read a news article, and it's full of quotes from Fox Sports commentators. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that that uh, thing we did a couple of years ago where we started quoting one another on our websites. Well, yes. I, I can't even remember, but it was like um, you oh, said I'll, something and I I'll said something. And we just kept on quoting each other in the articles. And that's all they do. Let, <laughs> that, let me that's find it. It, was, it was fantastic. Where was it? Oh, of was course it? it was fantastic. I wrote it. Here yeah. we go. Was it about Jason Talmalolo or something? League Freak Facts calls for Cowboys and Paul Green to go their separate ways. Uh, Rogue League expert and podcaster League Freak has backed Andrew Ferguson's agreements with Laurie Daly <laughs> regarding North Queensland coach Paul Green that suggests that he should leave the club that he won a premiership with back in 2015. Andrew Webster recently suggested that Green needs a new challenge and a change would benefit both parties. And, and that that's perfectly sums up what we're talking about and, and the piss take it is that like the article that you wrote was like, this is no one within the game saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. It's, it's crazy. And they do it on like a daily basis. Yeah. It's all they know. Oh, there's some criticism of the mainstream juniors. That's okay, fella. We'll go back to talking about the Tigers. That <laughs> doesn't like that either. All right. But yeah, that was a great one. I'll I'll send the link to the uh, to the article just so people can check it out. It was back in 2019. Yeah, I'll post it in the um, description of this uh, this podcast in your podcast and apps. Um, should we do our our preview of the split round of games thanks to palmerbet.com yes actually just quickly before we get on that there's talk that reese walsh could be about to sign with the broncos the broncos mm. um 
That's new. Walsh, though, has said that he plans on seeing out his contract with the Warriors, which ends next year. Now, the the Warriors signed somebody as a fullback recently. Who was it? Was that, was that Nicole Klockstad? Yes, they did. Yes, that's the one. Now, my first thought is, what the fuck would you have seen in his game in the last two years that makes you say him? We need that guy. Because he's played like shit. And since he's not been in the Raiders' side because of injuries the Raiders have looked better for it. Even when it's Rapana at fullback, they've looked better than when they've had Charles Nickel Klogstad back there. So what the fuck are the Warriors doing getting this guy? Right? That's my well, first thought. My I was second thought... I was going to say, without Reese Walsh there, mm. the Warriors have been using, well, last weekend, they used um, Harris Tevita at fullback. Mm-hmm. And he's going as well. They've already got rid of him, which means if Harris DeVita was their only other option at fullback and he's gone and Walsh has gone, they have no fullback options, which is probably why they've gone, well, we need to get someone. Well, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they think about having Watini Zelazniak at fullback? Do you reckon he's in our quality still? I don't know. Hmm. But I would rather have him than Chance Nickel Clogstad. I'd want to see who their coach is going to be before I figure out what structure they need to have and stuff. Yeah, we're we're talking about like, you know what we're doing? We're like saying, you know what? I think the brass isn't shiny enough. We need Mm. to get more brass that's shiny enough. Meanwhile, we're standing on the Titanic as it's sinking. That's right. Dude, this brass, it's not shiny enough, man. I need, I need, like, that's what we're doing right now. That fucking Warriors Club is such a mess. <laughs> it is, it is. Uh, what was the other thing that was worrying you before I interrupted you rudely? Worrying me? Yeah, you said there was a second thing. About about the Warriors? About the Warriors signing Nickel Clockstad. I just think, like, you would, you would look at what, he brought and and need it. I don't know why why that is. There's nothing there. Just makes no sense. And they obviously know Walsh is leaving. Walsh leaving is not a surprise. Like I think even when he turned up, the whole the whole point was like he's a young dude that wants a chance. It's a funny situation that's going on. With the Warriors they have the ability to bring people into the squad and this young guy wants to get some first-grade footy show what he's got, but he's not here long-term. And I think everyone's known that. I don't even think it's been a secret, you know. Um, but the thing that worries me about the Warriors is that they, they're letting young players go that are not too bad. So, mm. oh, man. But, yeah, as I said, it's like, you know, the brass on the Titanic. It, it, there's so many things that need fixed at that Warriors club. And I think that they've there's been this feeling that once they get home, everything is going to be sorted out. And I'm not so sure about that. that that's a fair call. Mm. I'm with you on that one. They are a mess. They really are. All right, we'll do the preview now. We've only got four games this week. Yeah, it's um, a weird one, only four games. Um Palmer Bet has got you covered. Yeah, Palmer Bet, our wonderful sponsors this year. Uh, it's awesome working with Palmer Bet. 
they have all of the odds that we do for the entire year. Um, and so they're starting on Thursday night where we have the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the Melbourne Storm. Now, the Melbourne Storm are only slight favourites at $1.85 compared to the Sharks at $1.90. The Sharks have a 1.5 point head start. They're at $1.80, so there's been some some money coming there. And with the one and a half point handicap, the Melbourne Storm are at $1.95. I think that's good money for the Sharks, given that the Storm are without their origin players, mm-hmm. which includes Cameron Munster, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also without Felice Cafusi, who's taken leave. Um, who else is out? Harry Grant's out. Um, it's a pretty pretty thin-looking storm side. And the Sharks have only lost Talakai because Nico Hines has been dropped from the New South Wales side, which means he's now available to play for the Sharks this weekend, which is a huge boost for them. Um, yeah. And I, the, the storm look... I know that we always talk about the storm like, oh, but, and, and they always write the ship, and I'm sure they're going to write the ship before the finals. But they look very unstorm-like at the moment. They look vulnerable. Yeah, I think at the moment all they're doing is just, uh, you know, buckling down and just sort of weathering the storm at the moment until they until the origin's over. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to be going with the sharks on this one. I look, I I tip the storm when I did my tipping on on our tipping competition. Um, it, it for me it's a fifty-fifty game. Um, I'm going to stick with the storm. Alrighty. Uh, next on Friday night we've got the Knights versus the Bunnies. Yeah, the uh, the Knights absolutely terrible. The Bunnies got Latrell back last week. Did you watch Latrell play? Um, I saw a little bit of him playing. Yeah, it's uh. It's interesting how much he can straighten up the attack when he gets the ball in it, you know, mm. goes wider. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been missing a bit of that. Uh, I still think he's probably going to be about two or three weeks away from starting to look more like the fully fit Latrell. Yeah. Um, but he's already made an improvement to that side already. So, oh, geez, that Knights team looks so ordinary. They really uh, do, but They're on the upside, club, it's just a mess. Well, on the upside, Jaden Braley's back, and he will give them a lot of leadership and direction, which they've been sorely lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish that they would start with him. He's sitting on the bench. Either he starts at hooker or he doesn't play. You don't put a bloke who is your club captain. Oh, hang on, it's the Knights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, this brass, it's not shiny enough. Um, no. So palmerbet.com has the South Sydney Rabbitohs as favourites for this game at $1.48. The Newcastle Knights are at $2.57. The Knights have a five-and-a-half point head start at $1.90. And the Rabbitohs have the five-and-a-half point handicap also at $1.90. I tip feels short for the Knights. It it does, yeah, yeah. I'd have them out a bit wider than that. But, yeah, I'm going for South on this one. Yeah, I think that's really good money for South, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, the game on Saturday sees your 
West Tigers taking on the Parramatta Eels. Now, the Parramatta Eels on palmabet.com are favourites at $1.23. The West Tigers are at $4.20. The West Tigers have an 11.5-point head start at $1.90. And with their 11.5-point handicap, the Parramatta Eels are also at $1.90. I think I'd take the Parramatta Eels with the handicap. Yes. Uh, Worth noting that if the Tigers lose this game, doesn't matter what the margin is. They lose this game. They will be dead last on the ladder. Well, I guess it's, you know, I'm trying to think like. There's something to play for. Yeah. Like that. James Roberts has been dropped, so the defense is already going to be better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's pretty much it. For Parramatta, Junior Paulo's out. So that helps. Um, Clint Gutherson, I think, has been named as an on the extended bench for the Blues. So if he gets called into the side, even as the 18th man, then he will drop out of this Parramatta outfit. Mm-hmm. And they'll have to name like a normal fullback, which yeah, is bad have, news for the Tigers. Yeah, I imagine Parramatta with a first-grade fullback. That would be amazing. Um the over and under for this game is interesting. It's the line has been set at thirty eight and a half points. I could see it going over if it's not. <laughs> That's low. <laughs> yeah, it does seem low, but it. I guess it depends on the weather situation in Sydney as well. Like, it needs to basically stop raining and Leichhardt Oval like dry out a little bit before no, the game starts. It won't. It won't matter. You reckon? It won't matter. The Tigers have played, since since they got rid of Maguire, okay, they've played three games, mm-hmm. two of them against teams in the bottom five, mm-hmm. and they're averaging one try a game, and they're conceding almost 30 points a game, which is four points a game worse than what Maguire was doing. Wow. And scoring two and a half tries per game less than when Maguire was there. So essentially, they're three and a half tries worse per game. I'm just glad that now they've got stability, though, after sacking Maguire, because now they can go out into the play market and, you know, target players. And then players know that they will be coached by somebody that's not Michael Maguire. Um, Hashtag new era. <laughs> now, Sunday, we have the, on palmerbet.com, we have the Brisbane Broncos taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. The Brisbane Broncos are favourites on on palmerbet.com. They're at $1.75. The Dragons are at $2.05. The Dragons have a a two-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90, while the Broncos have the two-and-a-half-point handicap also at $1.90. This is going to be a a really interesting game. Like, this is – like, the prices are close, and they should be because – the Dragons are playing a little bit better recently, and I know the Broncos, they're going to be missing a couple of plays due to origin, but they're up in fifth place legitimately, and this is just going to be a really good contest. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, so the Broncos are without Capewell, Cobbo, Carrigan, Flegler due to origin, mm-hmm. while Tamara Martin and Corey Jensen are both out with injuries. That's a fair whack. Mm. And... The Dragons are without Ben Hunt, which almost evens it out. And I know I'm not joking. Like 
Ben Hunt is so pivotal to that Dragon side and their success. Mm-hmm. Him being out is equal to the Broncos missing six other players. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I saw a couple of weeks ago people were wondering how Ben Hunt was so high on the Dally M list, and I don't really pay attention to the Dally M list, but he's high on that list. And, you know, you just got to watch him play in these games. He's in pretty much every game he plays in, he's one of the better players on the field. Um, and you take him out of that that dragon side, they're, they're just a different outfit, completely different outfit. Well, they're um, terrible. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. You know, I, I sometimes I like seeing clubs where they're both being knocked off kilter a little bit to see how the players that are left there react and how the coaches even react, because I think it can say a lot about your club. And I think that we've seen that with the Panthers, like when they started to become good again, you saw that when they would lose players to rep duty, it would really knock them off kilter. Whereas now it's like they just, they keep steaming along. It's kind of like this weird, marker for your team and how it's going um, and your club overall. So this could be a really good contest to see where these clubs are at. Having said that, they might just put on the worst game of football you've ever seen on Sunday. Well, <laughs> it's, it's tough to beat that Tigers-Warriors game last week. That was that was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I am going to go with the Broncos on this one purely because Ben Hunt isn't playing for the Dragons. Okay, now let me just see early state of origin uh, markets. Sorry. I was going to say, I can go through the teams while you're looking that up. Um, Yeah, go through them. For for Queensland, um, Felice Kafusi is unavailable. Uh, Hekin Nanai comes into the second row. And Tom Gilbert joins the bench. Sam Walker has been named in the 22. He's on the extended bench. So New South Wales... Payne Haas is out. Um, so Jordan McLean comes in a prop. Jack White becomes the 18th man. Uh, Reese Robson has been named on the extended bench as well there. But other than that, um, not many changes have taken place to either side. It will be interesting to see how Queensland responds after uh, what happened last game and being at home for this game. Yeah, it it's almost feels like the first two games you kind of just have to write them off because the results were were they didn't correspond to one another. You no, know? they're completely they're, they're like they're from two different seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very very strange one. It, it you can't really draw a line between the two games, so it's almost like it's a one off contest, and you know we're going to see who wins it. So. Palmerbet.com has New South Wales' favourites at $1.60 at the moment. Queensland are at $2.30. The line has been set with Queensland getting a two-and-a-half-point head start at $1.95. With two-and-a-half-point handicap, New South Wales are at $1.85, so there's been a little bit of money there. The total points over-under is has been set at 37.5 points. So over that is $1.85, and under that is $1.95. Uh, 
I just don't know. I, I don't know for the over-under for that one. Like, I, you know, it, that's the beautiful thing about Origin. Any result is possible. My my brain says it should be a low-scoring game, but just the first two games have really, I don't know. I really don't know. The scorelines are just, and the performances Mm. were so poles apart. Like the, the game plan that Queensland used in their two games, just utterly different. And that was because New South Wales played both games completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect here. I think the, the Lang Park crowd is worth two points to Queensland. And I know that's not much, but given that Queensland only has a, you know, was it two, two point, two points head start or something, that almost makes it even. Um, but, you know, we're from New South Wales. So, of course, I support New South Wales. So, New South Wales should win. It'll be a tight game, but they should probably win 44 to 6. <laughs> <laughs> I Look, I've tipped New South Wales. Um, and, obviously, we'll talk about this game closer to the match as well. This is just, out, you know, a long-distance preview of it, I guess. Yeah, it's on next Wednesday, so it's, um, it's a while away. Yeah, I, look, I I liked I liked the way that New South Wales bench looked in that second game, and I thought I thought that that's what they should have done in the first game, and I think that that is kind of leaning me towards New South Wales. Having said that, like I thought Queensland were able to be dominated um, in a way that you don't normally see. And, and and I know the scoreline was massive against them, but just in terms of having the game dictated to them is, I guess, is what I'm talking about more than anything else. Um, and that I didn't like the look of that. I think even no. in the first game, New South Wales didn't like for as well as Munster played and everything. You know, the game sort of went back and forth. Whereas in that second game, the, the game was dictated by New South Wales, and. So that's why I'm leaning towards New South Wales in the third game. Just the markets on the player of the match. Um, James Tedesco for getting player of the match. And I was thinking these games, the deciding games, it turns a little bit towards the uh, the Clive Churchill medal sort of thing where it's not necessarily going to be the best player in the field. It's going to be a name. They like having yeah, a name. that's right. So James, so the the... Favourite for player of the match on palmbet.com's Nathan Cleary at $4.50. Cameron Munster's at $5.50. But James Tedesco's at 6 which is pretty juicy. Um, Daly Cherry Evans is at 10 Jerome Luai at 12 Callan Ponga at 12 Ponga's been not great in this series. Um, Isaiah Yo, 15 bucks. That's pretty good. Cam Murray, 21 He's not going to be on the field long enough, though. No, no. He'd have. Yeah, sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Damian Cook. Sorry, not Cameron Murray. So Damian Cook is at 41. Any of the hookers aren't going to be on the field long enough. Um, no, no, that's right. Um, I tell you a weird one. One that just jumped out at me. Dane Gagai. If if Dane Gagai ended up being the player of the match, would you be super shocked? Yes. Would you really? Yes. Well, he's at 91 dollars. So. That makes sense. 
That's a, that's uh that's very unders. I'd push it uh, to about three hundred. Selwyn Cobbo. Yeah, the, I think the only time I would I'd be confident in the entire history of Origin mm-hmm. of saying, you know what, I'm I'm willing to back a winger for um player of the match or player of the series mm-hmm. would be Dale Shearer. Because <laughs> that guy, no matter what form he was in at club level, put him a road jumper on him, unfucking touchable. Yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? Insanely good, that bloke. Insanely good. And just solid, consistent, just always that you put a rep jumper on him, fucking best on field nearly every single time. Um, Wally Lewis is another one, very similar. Every time you put Wally Lewis in a big match, and you needed someone to be clutch as fuck, Wally would turn up and he'd do it and then some. Um, but yeah, Shearer, one of those very underrated players from the past. Phenomenal good rep player. You know who always did that for New South Wales? Two that jumped out at me for New South Wales that you chuck a blue jersey on them, they always performed. Laurie Daly. Yeah. Uh, never had a bad game for New South Wales. And uh, E.T., he was always great for New South Wales. Didn't matter, you know. Yeah, yeah. Daly was exceptional at Origin level. Mm. Exceptional. Fuck, was yeah. good to watch. If if you know he he was running into the Brad Fittler era, and of course there was a, when they stopped selecting Super League players, um, and so that hurt his his Origin appearances a little bit. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, any other era, he'd probably have ended up being one of the most capped Origin players of all time. Oh, comfortably. Mm. Imagine if he had started his career 10 years later and he got to play alongside Andrew Johns. Oh. Like he'd, he'd start his career at rep level playing alongside Ricky Stewart and then finish it playing alongside Andrew Johns. That'd be crazy. You know, I was thinking, that just made me think, like, he would have been pretty much the perfect 5'8 alongside Andrew Johns. Oh, but yeah. then, then, then it made me think, like, imagine playing just in terms of the physical domination aspect of it, like Johns and uh, Wally Lewis, just these two giant halves. <laughs> imagine that, a, a back row of things, oh, I'll just run up the small guys, and then just goes absolutely fucking poleaxed by Wally or, or Joey. Yeah, yeah. There's just, just no way through them. <laughs> and then they turn around in the next set, and they just fucking destroy you with just... Skills that have just been unseen. Oh, it that's makes the thing that that's the thing that I find fascinating about rugby league history is how close we get to dream halves partners, mm-hmm. you know, partnerships like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Wally retired in '92, and Joey started his career in '94. We didn't miss it by much. Yeah, it was close. It was close. God damn! Even just seeing them play one another, like, can you imagine? At their peak, those two playing one another would have been just... Yeah. Yeah, I was actually thinking today about the World Cup halves pairing. And, I like, I know that fans blow up about it a little bit, but I, if Meninga decides to go with Munster and uh, DCE, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be really pissed off about it. I'd understand completely. DCE, been there, done that a million times over. 
is going to be very comfortable. You've got that he's got his sort of halves partner from Queensland in there. They know each other's games. I, I would get that completely. On form, you would probably pick Cleary to be that guy. Old, and this is the thing I was thinking about. Australia kind of needs a couple of games where Cleary is playing with Munster because those two need to get a combination going for the World Cup itself. Um, they do, and- although I think I think it's going to work pretty much straight away because Munster's played fullback, yeah, a fair whack, yeah. He understands how to be a very good support runner and knows where to be and where to follow the halfback. Um, and because he's not the dominant half, even at club level, yeah, it means he knows how to be the passive half, so to speak, which will allow Cleary to run his normal game. And Munster can be able to play his normal game off the back of it. I think it's going to be a really strong functioning partnership. I, I don't. I actually don't have an issue there. My issue is going to be about who we put in at hooker. Because yeah, I've got a bad the... feeling they'll probably go with Damian Cook, but I don't think he's the man we need there. I tend to think we will end up having a similar rotation to what these origin teams have had, where you have a, a hooker on the bench, a hooker on your starting side, and you play them basically 50-50, where instead of having somebody that's out there for like 80% of the game and then you rest him for your other hooker, they they sort of play half and half. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if it was like Grant and, and Cook, you know. But then I, I think of like with Mal Meninga being the coach and coaches tend to like certain players that have been there and done that for them especially. I wouldn't be shocked if Hunt is that guy either instead of Cook. No, I, um, I think it'll be the Queensland hookers. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not sure Cook has done enough to to warrant selection yet. Look at us talking about fucking selection of an end of season tournament. Yeah. Well, look, and this is why because <laughs> I, it would have been really good for Australia to have a run mid season, especially, and they're not going to get one. I think they'll have. A, I think they're going to have a couple of warm up games or one warm up game. Um, against. But yeah. I, I, sorry. Again, do we know who that might be against? Um. I can't remember. I just can't remember. I team think over it, in England? We could, we could we come out and play against St. Helens. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> you can imagine that million to nothing. Um, <laughs> but we, we need that run because, yeah, I, I think that there's some combinations we need to sort out. I'm not worried about the forwards. You know, the forwards always work themselves out. When yeah. you're picking an Australian team, the forwards are always pretty good. But, um, yeah, it... it it made me think of those halves combinations and, and you talking about like Joey and Wally Lewis playing together, like Cleary and Munster, that's a pretty huge like halves pairing as well. Those are two dudes you don't want to run into in defense. So that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that today and, and yeah, it's going to be interesting in the world cup. Not, not, and it has nothing to do with England. England, no, no. they're going to get flogged. It's going to be great. Maybe what England should do is just just let St Helens play in the World Cup in their behalf. Well, the problem is Lachlan Coote is Scottish. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. So that means Scotland's going to win the World Cup. Well, well no, they're not going to win it. 
Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love them to pick up every single player whose name is O apostrophe something or Mick something. No, that's how um, that's how fucking Ireland picks their team, hey? It's like if your na- name is any any like anything that's got Patrick in it, you're just Irish, apparently. There we go. Have you drank Guinness? You're Irish. Exactly. Exactly. Have you eaten a potato? You're Irish. <laughs> that that's basically how the uh, the selection. Selection system works these days, I think. Have you ever... No, I won't say that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was the 2013 World Cup. Mm. And Steve Menzies very nearly qualified for France. That's right, yeah, because it was a three-year residency thing, wasn't it? Yeah, and the thing that got him, I think, was that um, the other part of it was you couldn't have played for another first-tier nation it's since the last World Cup, and I think he might have. I'm not sure. Yeah, because they did a thing where it was like, it was so ridiculous. It was like, I can't remember if it was leading into the World Cup or after the World Cup, they basically said, from this point on, nothing else matters anymore. We reset everything, and it was like, so it just made no sense. Anyway, what do you think about this thing of... um? Brian Toto has said that he's not going to play for Australia. He's going to play for Samoa at the World Cup. And there's been, you know, he was born in Australia, raised in Australia. Um, and and he's, he plays for New South Wales, but he's going to play for another nation. Do you have any problems with that? No. Do you? It's not like he's the first one to do it. True. What, like? Tamo, Dane Carlaw. Tony Carroll. I, I tend to think I'm that... I'm sure, um, there's, sure there's plenty of others as well. It's... I've got no issue with it. Mm. I, players can have more than one culture that they identify with. Like, if you've got a New Zealand parents, both of them, and you're born in Sydney, doesn't mean you don't have any New Zealand heritage. You should be allowed to play for New South Wales if you want to and still honour your New Zealand heritage as well. I've got no issue with that. I think it's. I also think it's a a, a very good thing mm-hmm. for international rugby league to be able to have players able to do that. I think that if you if you play for New South Wales, you should be eligible for Australia. I, I think that it's. Uh, it probably is eligible for Australia. He's just choosing Samoa, isn't he? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if you play if you play state of origin, it should be with the an eye on the fact that you are eligible for Australia and Australia only. Meh, doesn't worry me. Yeah. I, I, I T- just Tedesco think... has played for Italy. Yeah, and it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that's that's my point of view with it all. And Toto is a bit different, right? But I, I just think that uh, I would... I My thing with the International Rugby League is I want to see a bunch of dudes from from Samoa take on a bunch of dudes from Australia, right? Yeah. And and so that's the way I look at it. Um and I I just don't identify with somebody that sort of thinks of themselves from two different places. I just I because I don't, you know. The 
I think the best way to explain it, mate, is the world is a much smaller place now. It's much easier to have two different places that you're assigned to. I get that. I get that, right? And look, if I wanted to be uh, one of these people that was like, I don't know, identified with the countries that my parents or grandparents or anything come with, I could, and I could say I'm from all sorts of different places if I wanted to. But I'm, I'm not. I'm from fucking Western Sydney. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, I've, I, and I've never understood it, and I, I, I'm not writing off people that do. I just personally, I don't understand where, <clears throat> you know, I've I've grown up in Western Sydney all my life, and I, I've, I'm an Australian. I was born here. I was raised here, and so I don't get, I don't understand how someone can be like, yeah, but I'm, I'm this other thing from another part of the world. I, 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 I honestly don't understand it, and I'm not rubbishing it. It's just in my head. It, I don't get it. It's like the Irish thing, you know, in, on St. Patrick's Day, everyone's fucking Irish. Well, I think that's like, more, yeah, more just everyone, everyone white has Irish in them. Yeah. I, I'm like, what the fuck are you all talking about? <laughs> and I've talked to actual born and raised in Ireland people about this. And they felt the same way. They were like, what the fuck are all these people saying they're Irish for? They're not Irish. It's just that they can have a day off work to get shit faced. That's all they're doing. Yeah. So, like, yeah, when James Tedesco played for fucking Italy, I, I'm in fact I'm I'm uh, blocked by the Italian Rugby League on Twitter because I I said how fucking ridiculous it was. <laughs> like, it's it's I I don't know. I just think that I would like international rugby league to be, um. Something I guess it's not, you know, it's a me thing. It's not. It's Look, a if, me if we if we went with what you suggested, right? Yeah, that would mean that one of the most impressive records in international rugby league history would be gone. The 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 greatest point scorer in the history of international rugby league. No, the the most points scored in a game by a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See. It would be good. <laughs> I guess the other thing is too, like <laughs> I, I'm very Still much thinking about that. Oh my god, that's impressive. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very much. I, I I think that international rugby league should be aiming higher than other sports in terms of its credibility for the international game. And I, when I see some of the teams that are put out and the places that they play at, and I'm, I look at some of these teams and I'm like, this is a team of Aussies that are chucking on a jersey of another nation and playing in an, a Sydney suburb. And I, I don't know that that does anything for international rugby league. Um, okay, this is it, the problem... I think that we've got at the international level below the top two tiers at least, mm-hmm. and that is the gap between heritage players, those who have got heritage in that nation but not actually born there, mm-hmm. and local players who actually have the heritage and they're born in that country. Mm-hmm. The gap between those is poles apart. The classic example is 
you look at how the USA went when they could just get Polynesian players from American Samoa at the first World Cup they appeared in, and then the World Cup they appeared in after that, where they picked only American-born players. Um, I think Italy did the same thing, and the 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 variance in quality of of performance and players was poles apart. And the International Rugby League wants to have both pies. They they want these teams to be as strong as they possibly can be when they've got all their heritage players there, most of which are all coming from England or Australia. But they also want to have all the local players there. But you can't have both. But they want to try and have both. So they allow the local players to go through all of the qualifying stages and then they allow the teams to go, right, you lot can all fuck off. We're just going to bring in all these blow-ins from England and Australia to fill in the squad and make them really successful on the field. Yeah. And I and, don't like that. No, I don't like it either. It's not fair on the guys who got them there. But at the same time, hardly any rugby league fans are watching the qualifying process. They're only seeing the actual World Cup tournament. And what the International Rugby League, I think what they're trying to do is trying to have a very close tournament, thinking that if we can have a bunch of blow-ins wearing an Italy jumper, make Italy look really, really strong, it might get the people of Italy interested in supporting rugby league there. And in turn, that'll have a kick-on effect and we'll have more and more, you know, locally born Italians playing rugby league. I think in their mind, that's how it works. And it's a very romantic concept, but let's be honest, it don't work that way. Because all you're doing is alienating the guys who have busted their ass for three years from mm. Italy at their own expense and not making any money at all out of it, probably running out of money, winning those games and getting qualified and getting there. And their reward for getting there is they get to sit at home and watch a bunch of people from Sydney play in their jumpers for them. And yeah. that's yeah. really, and, and, really disheartening for the guys to do the hard work. I understand really, that was terrible for the that United States team who qualified and then yeah. they all got turfed out. And it's yeah. like, you know, good luck trying to then recruit rugby league players in the U.S. Well, and say, well, you, you know what, you if you play a... this weird game, you might play international footy because they, they say, well, no, you won't. You'll, you'll pick some other dude that was born in Sydney ahead of me. And just look at where the American rugby league competition is at now. It mm. hasn't changed any after all that success that they had in that first World Cup they appeared in. It's, see, so I, I, can, I can see both perspectives, I see, but I, it's not fair. I guess the thing that I look at is I, Jason Tamalolo was born in New Zealand, right? But he, he chose to, and he played a game for New Zealand. He played games for New Zealand, but then he was like, oh, look, I, I want to play for Tonga, right? I, I want to commit to Tonga, and since he's done that, it's not wavered for a second that he has wanted to play for Tonga. Um, I don't mind a Jason Talmalolo situation where he's pl- he's playing for Tonga, right? I just think that the the chopping and changing between nations, I don't like that. I don't. Oh, like... no, I'm I'm with you on that. If you yeah. if you've made a decision to change nations, then that's set. You can only do it once, and you can't go back. I, so I do, I don't like that. I don't like the thing of like. 
I didn't get selected for Australia. So guess what? I'm fucking Italian. You know, I don't like that. Um, and and I don't like, and I don't like it for all of the international teams. Like how many? Like Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. Take out the players that are born in fucking England. Take out the players that are born in Yorkshire and Lancashire. Like fucking, how many of them are left? It's oh, like Yorkshire's like, near Scotland. Well, it's like Wales. You know, who the fuck is Wales that actually produce themselves that can play rugby league? You? What? No, I'm not Welsh. <laughs> I'm not Welsh. Fucking freak. But he, I thought he you said, did a DNA test. Listen, listen. I know what you're thinking about. Didn't it say like 97% Welsh? No, it wasn't fucking 97% Welsh. Piece of shit. When, when, it, when I looked at your name, it said League Freak with like 15 Fs at the start of free. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's what I'm... This is what it comes down to, right? If you just selected players that were from the Penrith Rugby League district and replaced... That you took Wales out of the World Cup, rightfully so, and just replaced it with Penrith. Penrith would undoubtedly be better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't we fucking do that? Well, we do have that. It's called the NRL. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the we world, should get rid of Wales. Some... Basically, my end game is we need to get rid of Wales. Is Wales really a country? Do you, do you just want to annex? Wales or yeah, why not? Why not? By the way, Scotland wants to become independent. With roughly so, roughly so, they don't like England, so that's fine. Okay, Uh, look, I'm all for it. If I was English, I wouldn't want Scotland associated with me either. You build a fucking giant wall. You get Hadrian's Wall. You put a big barbed wire fence on top of that, right? But then, what fucking army does Scotland have? Well, first of all, they don't have shit dipped in fucking gravy all the all the time. That's I'm true. on the I, I'm on the Scottish side in this one. I know, I get it, I get it, I get it. All right, I'm, but I'm fucking Ferguson. It's I've I know. got to back the Scots. Look, it's when they were talk when they were talking about Western Australia becoming its own country. I was all for it. I was like, become your own country, one hundred percent. Do it right. Yeah. And all we do is we build a giant like barbed wire fence down that that side of the country, okay? I think we go one better. No, because I've got a plan here, Andrew, right? No, my plan is don't worry about putting the fence in. Go and get a a dozer and dig a fucking trench from the ocean at the top of Western Australia all the way down the borderline (laughs) to the bottom. Just and just have a fucking long channel of water going right through. There you go. You're your own country. Fuck off. <laughs> well, I, I look. I would have just. I, I would have done everything <laughs> to make it a clear pathway for Western Australia to become its own country, and I would have immediately invaded. Immediately, like I'm talking, we roll fucking tanks right up to Perth, and then we put a DMZ around Perth, and we just the rest of it's fucking. What are you going to do? You haven't got a fucking, you've got nothing. You've got no army. You've got no navy. What are you going to do to stop us? And we just start digging all the coal out of Western Australia, all of it, all the uranium, all those minerals. We just take it for the rest of us. It'll be the shortest civil war ever. 
it would be amazing. And I think that that's what England should do with Scotland. You just say, oh, yeah, you coming to and then you just start taking all the islands. All them, or, you know, all them fucking windswept islands around Mate, the top England, of Scotland. England would be so easy to beat in war. Are you, what the fuck are you talking about? We had two world wars and they didn't get beaten. Yeah, but that's because the, their, their opponents were idiots. All you got to do, man, mm. get a bit of arsenic, mm. a shit ton of gravy, mix those two together, <laughs> and just put some hot chips next to them and say, you know what? We call a truce. We've made you some of your favorite food. Help yourselves. If you want seconds, we will gladly get you seconds. And just sit back and watch them kill themselves. What I would do if I was gonna <laughs> if I was gonna beat England, this is what I'd do, right? I would I would run a twenty four hour Love Island marathon. <laughs> and and inside watching right? And then after twenty four hours they'd just look outside and they'd be like, Wait a minute, there's a new flag over the capital? What <laughs> happened? That's what I would do. Actually I wouldn't even after twenty four hours, I'd just have on there. To be continued. <laughs> yeah. And they just keep watching, waiting for the next episode. But you, whether you put it or not doesn't matter. It just buys you more time to get done what you want to get done. Yeah. But I just sit there watching it. That would work. I watched a thing several years ago. It was about the... Um, and I know this doesn't sound very exciting. It was about the uh, drain on the electricity grid in England. Mm-hmm. And they said you could tell when um, the soap started at night on TV, and when the first batch of ads came on, because everyone would get up and go and put their kettle on, and the surge in the electricity for the whole nation went through the roof. Whoa, really? Holy shit! That's crazy. Yeah, but they were programmed already to do certain things to sit in front of the TV. Yeah, might as well take advantage of it. Yeah, why not? It's funny because, like, you never really think of uh, England having to have its very own grid. Like, what's Scotland going to do for power when they're not England? They don't have any. That's exactly. They're going to go back to having to chop down trees, sit in front of fireplaces and shit. I'm all for Scottish independence. Go for it. Scotland will win. What? But what are they winning? Scotland? Yeah, they're winning Scotland. Yeah, what the, the fuck wants Scotland? Do you want Scotland or England? I'd rather have England. Even the fucking yeah. Romans. Even the Romans got to a point and they were like, oh, fuck it, let's just build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably just, just to keep them in. Yeah, possibly. When it comes to Wales, they were just like, let's not even build a wall. Let's just not go don't, there. Don't worry about it. Just don't build a road. They won't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> so How my did we plan, get over here? <laughs> so, look, my plan for International Rugby League, Brian Toto, if he plays Origin, he's got to say that he's eligible for Australia, and then we take Wales and we remove Wales and we replace it with the Penrith Football District. Tell me Fair that's enough. not better for international rugby league. Don't we already have that anyway? Just yeah, instead of just having Penrith over in Wales, we've just got pretty much nearly all of the NRL is just the Pacific Islands, which will be they'll make up the last eight places in the World Cup anyway. 
Well, when I was looking at it, I I think that I think England's not getting past the quarterfinals. Oh, so they're structured in a way so that England can at least get to the quarterfinals. Well, well, England, well, the quarterfinals, it's it's like you have the group stages. They'll they'll get through the group stage, and then the, I think they'll lose the first game in the quarterfinals. They've sort of set it up so that England's on the softer side of the draw, but th- from an English perspective, that's on the other side of the draw from Australia and New Zealand. Problem is that it's, you know, they're going to be playing to other teams that can beat the fuck out of them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and have now. So um, it, it's, they're going to lose in the quarterfinals. They'll probably still blame Wayne Bennett somehow. Um, England should double down and let that um, combined All-Stars team play as well. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> All I know that is whatever happens in the World Cup, there'll be some weird thing where, like, it won't affect England and their world ranking. They'll somehow move up. Australia will win the World Cup. They'll they'll be ranked, like, third in the world after it, and England will have a dismal World Cup and they'll move up to first. Like, that's how them world rankings work. Well, the way the, the rankings thing works is based on also recency bias. And so because Australia hasn't played any tests since, when, 2018, 2019? That's what's impacting their ranking at the moment, whereas England played, even though it was atrocious, Mm. they played, what, one test against France? Yeah, yeah. And as much as the competition was not the same as what Australia had to deal with, just the fact that, I mean, they could have played that one test against Lithuania under sevens. Mm Mm-hmm. The fact that they played it, and they could have lost to Lithuania under sevens, 50 nil. The mm. fact they played it was enough to keep their recency um, stats ongoing, which would have made them move up anyway because the teams above them hadn't been playing international football, and that's what made them drop down. It's a really weird system. That we need, yeah, you, you don't you don't even need to win the test in order to go up. You can lose tests. And yeah. still go up in the rankings if the teams above you aren't playing. We need to remove England from international rugby league completely. <laughs> would would we be worth worse off? Wow, well, you, you like like all good drama, you've got to have the serious stuff, the action, and you've got to have a laugh. Well, look, the England in rugby league is now the Washington Generals. There's no doubt about that. Like the 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 opposition that you you have fun against. It's it's almost a training run now, isn't it? Yeah, there are like you you make fun of them, you smash them. It's yeah, you know, what can you say? But it's Wayne Bennett's fault. <laughs> I just want to say we we only treat you like this, England, because we love you. I don't fucking love England. <laughs> Fuck that. We, we love we love you, England. Nah. Never change. Don't ever nah, change, get, England. We love England, you. On behalf of me, get stuffed. I hope you have the worst World Cup ever. I hope I hope that you get thrashed. I hope you don't get out of the group stage. I'll be cheering on Scotland. That'll be fantastic. And France. I'll be I'll be cheering on the one the one I'll be nation. New Guinea. No, Tonga no. and Australia. I, I hope Australia crushes everyone. 
I hope they just crush everyone because I'm an Australian. I'm not anything else. I'm Australian. I think the the best thing for rugby league would be for France to play Tonga in the final. Can you imagine that? I bet the price for that is outrageous. It would be. It's insane. But I think that would be unbelievable. Because I what reckon it would it would take very little. It would take France appearing in maybe the final four or the World Cup final. I don't care how. Mm. Rig it as much as you need to to make it happen so that France can get to the final. Because I reckon all it would take is that for rugby league in France to just go boom. The next thing you know, France is then flogging England. It would like, I don't know how the, I, I need to go back and look at the world cup draw. I think you could get a situation where you could very easily get a final between say like Tonga and PNG and it wouldn't be super shocking. <laughs> yeah, I I don't even know who's in what group. What we'll do? Check. Let's let's make a whole podcast out of we predict the World Cup again. That we should make that our next one. Did we do that once before? I think we did. I think we have. Yeah, but it was okay. a while ago now. It might have been uh, probably middle of the pandemic. Remember the pandemic? That was fun. That was yeah, great times. Mm-hmm. Um, France plays Greece, England, and then Samoa. That's at the club at the group stage. So who are those teams again? Greece, they'll beat Greece. Greece, England, and Samoa. They, they won't beat Samoa. They could beat England though. It'd be good if they did. Yeah. That, look, I watched that that test match between um, England and France. England, uh, and when was that, last year? Um, England was, oh, sorry, France was abysmal to start that game. But they come home really strong. And, you know, if they hadn't had that terrible start, it it might have been an interesting contest. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see. That's the, the beauty of international footy is that you look for those upsets. But, um, yeah. England won't get past the quarters. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be great. Anybody that thinks that I'm cheering for England to fail, by the way, completely right. <laughs> I really <am. laughs> Uh We'll be to see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll do an episode. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll dissect it just for fun. Yeah, be fun. Was there anything else we need to address? No, I think that's about it. Um it's been a good episode. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, I hope that we, Johnny, if you're still listening, and I know you will be, hopefully we've given you the podcast you've wanted. Was, was Johnny from England? Yeah, Johnny's from England. And you know what? He's a St. Helens fan. He might <laughs> fucking hate us now. But no, nah, well, he, he loves well, it. Well, it was good having you on deck, Johnny, while it, was, while it lasted. Um we have a tendency to turn away those who love us the most in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we find out someone loves us, we go, right, how can we shit on them? Not but, uh, yeah, we we haven't done that too before. <laughs> I don't know. I deleted that file when my last computer crashed. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just starting all over again. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. 
thank you everyone for listening because we really Absolutely. appreciate it. Um, thanks also to uh, Palmerbet mm-hmm. for for the odds they provide every week that we do these podcasts. Gamble um, and support us. Absolutely, we only endorse responsible gambling. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can check us out on the socials on Instagram and Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, MySpace. So check us out on all of those. Um, we have had some reviews as well, but we'll read them out in the next one because I can't find them now. Yep. Um, but there was two, which was great. Two yeah, it was awesome. Year. Yeah. Um, so if you feel, um, if you feel inclined, please, please add to it. That'd be fantastic. Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch us all next time. Hammer bet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858.